As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. The sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount Plus. What is up, Broncos country? Welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. My name is Kev Dan, and this week we are going to be breaking down the Broncos' heartbreaking loss on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers, losing 27-19 after trying to make a fourth-quarter comeback when the Broncos decided that they could only play the final one-third of the game. Doesn't work in the NFL, unfortunately, and the Broncos just showed uh, the importance of that. Teams made a lot of mistakes and uh, led to the Steelers really uh, not really beating us per se, but John and I are going to be talking about how we, at the end of the day, beat ourselves and uh, leading us to that loss. So make sure you kick back, relax, enjoy the show as best you can. Uh, Broncos will be coming home next week to uh, face the Raiders at mile high, but uh, again, glad you're all here. Wherever you're listening to us from, please make sure you hit subscribe, hit that like button. Don't forget that we do these uh, post-game podcasts live on YouTube on Monday nights as well if you want to come join us there, uh, and you can follow us on YouTube as well. But with no further delay, let's get on to it. Let's talk about this Broncos game, and either way, hey, it's better than no football, uh, no football at all, right? Again, welcome to the Orange Weekly post-game podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. What's up, Broncos country? Kev Dan and John here for another episode of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Of course, we all know what happens by now. Uh, the Broncos lost 27-19 to in a nail-biting finish uh, in, Seattle, in Seattle. This is how frustrated I am. I can't even <laughs> talk about it. Uh, in Pittsburgh <laughs> against the Steelers. Um, I'm, I'm trying to forget about it, John. That's what's already happening. I understand, man. I, I think we're all in that mood. <laughs> But what's going on, Kevin? Thanks again for having me on. Of course. So excited to talk about yesterday's game. I don't know. Excited is is a word to describe how I'm feeling right now. Yes. (laughs) Maybe not the word, but something. Something. Something indeed. But so, and we've joked about how the the post-game podcast is harder than the pre-game podcast. And ultimately, here's what it comes down to. On the post-game podcast, when we're frustrated after a loss, you and I have to sit down and relive it, yeah. you know? And we try to to make it better through jokes and stuff. But uh, it doesn't matter because, the, I mean, the, the pregame podcast, they just get to be, you know, optimistic every week. Uh, you know, hey, we're on a new – it doesn't matter what happened last week. We're on a new team. Here's what the team's going to do. Go Broncos, you know? 
Uh, but we need to relive this. Uh, and uh, there are some things that need to be discussed because I think, uh, you know, really at the end of the day, it shows where this team is at. Uh, and, you know, it is only week five, but we've we've seen a lot over the last two weeks that, you know, starting to really, you know, um, I'm, I'm getting answers to questions and I didn't want these kinds of answers. Yeah, you know what not I mean? the answers we were looking for. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, the last two weeks have been frustrating to say the least. And, uh, again, we just got to get more consistency. We're not getting it yet. And if this is the way we're heading, I think we're looking for uh, at a lot of turnover in, uh, in the entire team uh, for next season. If this is if these last mm-hmm. two weeks are any indication of how the rest of the season is going to go. Definitely. And, and I think you, you you brought up a good point just to kind of start off this conversation, right? Consistency. Uh, I mean, we have seen some consistency, but it's not a good kind of consistency. Um, I want to say, I need to look up the number, maybe you know how many games it's been since we've had an opening drive touchdown. I want to say it's close to 20 by now. I, we're um, getting close to that. It, it's been, I think, December of 2019. So Quick math on that. Yeah, we're, we're reaching the 20 mark here. Pretty, we're in the double digits quickly. already. We're getting close to 20. Yeah. Um, so we are getting consistent there. Um, that's not where we want to be, right? But so what? what is the problem here? Because we, we heard uh, 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 Teddy Bridgewater talk about uh, slow starts. You know, uh, it, it's been something that the Broncos have been known to. Uh, when people think of Broncos um, and, and slow starts, I mean, it, it's – it's one and the same for the last five years now. And so what does this team need to do? Where, where are we going wrong? Because I mean, you look at our first two drives, run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt. Uh, and that was, those were our two drives in the first quarter, man. That was it in the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I think we started out six yards, eight yards, eight yards and drives first three. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, I mean, and, and the, it is becoming our bread and butter that we start out slow. It's, it's really frustrating. Right. But what's frustrating me this year is it seems like on defense, the first drive for the other team always leads to a big play of some sort. So, yeah, it's great if we can stop them to, to a field goal on that first defensive drive. But I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's – there's so many things that it could be. But um, another big play to start off the game for the Steelers and uh, nothing to respond to it um, from the offensive standpoint. So really quickly, before we delve into this a little bit more, um, I, I do want to bring up uh, uh, some good news because I think we know where this conversation is heading. It's not going to be a pretty one. But there, there are some positives to talk about, especially when we get into the fourth quarter. But uh, let's let's take a break for, for a quick second and think about some some positivity. Right. Uh, and, you know. We did. I did mention the the pregame podcast. Make sure you check those guys out. Week six is going to be here around the corner, uh, and basically you're looking at another week of NFL season, meaning uh, another shot to win big at the DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, just so everybody knows, new customers can bet just one single dollar on any NFL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a point. Uh, the last 0-0 tie, once again, uh, in the NFL was in 1943. Uh, so, of course, this is definitely a no-brainer bet. You can ask Ray from our Ragers uh, show, uh, the sports betting podcast we have, that this is definitely something if – if you're new to, to sports betting um, and you want to get into it, this is a great place to start because it is a easy, easy $100 uh, you can make in free bets. 
just so you know, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can pay for uh, can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Uh, so what we need you to do is make sure you go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, or maybe not right now, but after the podcast when you're done listening, whichever you want to do. Uh, but use the promo code TPPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game. Uh, and you're listening to the Broncos uh, podcast here, so you might as well you throw it down on the Broncos game. But uh, if you throw down $1 on any NFL game, uh, you'll win $100 in free bets if anybody scores a point. Um, field goal, safety, there you go. There's your 100 bucks. So once again, that's promo code TPPN uh, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, of course, you must be 21 years or older. Uh, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. And see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. So uh, here we go, John. We're talking about the Broncos' uh, slow starts and, uh, you know, one thing they need to do and um, anything they need to do to kind of turn that around because uh, consistently, you know, we're putting ourselves in these bad situations right off the bat. Right. So, you know, and um, Teddy said it, uh, you know, kind of said it out loud uh, at at his post-game press conference. uh, We need a sense of urgency. And so do you see this team developing that? And if they do, where are they going to get that from? Well, I mean, for the coaching staff's sake, they better start getting it pretty soon. Like I said, we're going to be seeing a whole different team next year if they don't, because I 100% agree with Bridgewater. They're, uh, it just looks like an uninspired team to start each of these last two games. And even the first three, we, we started slow in, all the, in every game this year, even the ones that we won. Um, and, and I don't know what it is. Like, is it a lack of leadership? Is it a lack of just game planning? I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like they go out and, and are ready to start the game every week. Right. So how does that change? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what, what, where the, the missing link is here, because again, our roster, yes, we have a lot of injuries. Sure. Um, but we still have the talent there to, to be competitive in these games and they're just not showing up. Right. And, you know, here's what gets me first play of the game. We go out there and we get a delay of uh, delay of game penalty, you know, right off the bat. I mean, they, these guys have known what that first, you know, 10 plays they're essentially going to be calling are since Wednesday. Uh, yeah. You know, the first 10 plays or so are always scripted. They've known Teddy Bridgewater has known. And so I know that he was trying to, uh, you know, call the opposite. Um, you, you know, based off what the, the defense was doing, but look, it's the first play of the game. You, yeah. you don't have time when you're, you see the play clock, dude, call it, you know, hike the ball, you know, um, yeah. fucking ridiculous, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, if there's one play in the game that there should be no doubt one, what it is, even if it's going to be audible, like there should be no chance that you're going to get a delay of game that you, the play clocks even got me less than 10, honestly. Uh, unless, you know, obviously the quarterback's going to make adjustments at the line scrimmage, but still there should be no reason that we're getting close to a delay game. Uh, I don't understand it. I, again, does it go back to coaching? Does it go back to play players, leadership? I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's just goes back to the point that we are not coming out ready to play these games. Mm-mm. Uh, so for me, um, 
number of things here. First off, the team got in a little bit later than normal, I guess, uh, into Pittsburgh. Um, you know, why? Okay, great. But um, why? I, I did hear, you know, it, it was a good thing. None of the players mentioned that. Like, that, that was an excuse any players were given or whatever. But I do think it has something to do with it. Um, it it's not an excuse by any means, but you got to take that into account. You know, this team is known. Another thing this team is known for uh, is not playing well on the early games on the Eastern, uh, um, you know, time zone. So why are we knowingly getting in late? You know, when we went down to Jacksonville, we went down on Friday. They had a full day to kind of get into that that rhythm, right? That bio rhythm or whatever you want to call it. Uh, here we are. We do kind of the complete opposite. I mean, the way they, they were playing, the way they came out so slow until the fourth quarter, they might as well showed up that morning, you know, like slept on the plane, you know, save the, the you know, the team, the hotel costs. Because, uh, I mean, that's kind of what it looked like, dude. No, you're not wrong. Um, and, again, whose decision is that? Like, why? That makes no office, sense. You, that's it's pretty easy to staff. schedule a flight when you, have, when you have a chartered jet. It's pretty easy to schedule an earlier flight. I mean, I don't know what else you got to do. I don't know what else you got to do. Um, but, anyway, uh, before we move on to the next point here, uh, I do want to let everyone know that the the post game podcast here at Orange Weekly we are doing this live on YouTube as well. Uh, so if you're listening on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, first off, thank you for listening. We appreciate all of your support. Um, you know, we do this for for all of you, the fans, and uh, we just really love all of all of you guys uh, who are listening to us. If you want to check us out live on YouTube, please uh, please do watch for that when we go live Monday nights. Um, and, uh, you know, if you do catch us when we're live, uh, feel free to post some questions, post some comments. Uh, if there are some, we'll talk about those at the end of the show, um, just to make sure that we can, you know, uh, cover, um, pretty much the full game first. Uh, and then we'll, we'll address some, some viewer comments or whatever at the end of the show, but, um, do again, appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, and I'll remind you all of all the other orange weekly content we have later on. Um, okay. So I think we've kind of beat up the, the, the topic of, coming out with a slow start and everything that uh, the team did there. Um, some just bad mistakes all around. Uh, I think the first one um, kind of just get out of the way is uh, the Javante Williams spike uh, in the end zone, you know, um, should that have been something that we overcame? Yeah. You know, it's still first and goal it was a five yard penalty. Um, it's not like it was a 10 or 15 yard penalty that pushed us, you know, back towards the end of the, the red zone there. Um, but I, I don't know about you, man. I, I can't fault the guy. I mean, I didn't even know that was a rule. I think that was a rookie thing. He was, he was hyped. He was in the moment. Um, you know, we were still very much in that game. That was a huge play. Um, and if he had spiked it, what, just a little bit outside of the end zone, he would have been okay. Like, I, I don't, I don't get that rule. It's not like they have 15. One of us posted in the, the orange weekly chat. Um, you know, it's not like they don't have 15 ball boys running around with like 30 team balls or I don't you know, how right. many, but you know, like it is so freaking stupid. Um, and so I, I can't blame it. I can guarantee you he's never going to do that again though. Yeah. It, it is a, a silly rule. It's a dumb rule, but at the end of the day, it's still a rule. So yep. you got to follow it. And he said after the game, he didn't realize it was a rule, but that's pretty i mean okay he's a rookie rookie mistake i get it we should have definitely overcome it you're right it was first and and goal from the seven yard line 
Um, and the problem is anytime we get deep down into the red zone, we, I just have zero faith that we're going to get a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we had that nice fumble recovery. We weren't quite in the red zone there, but what did it lead to a field goal? We got yep. I think eight yards, uh, on offense on that drive. And then, yeah, this one, I mean, if he had just had a little bit more juice to get in, we wouldn't have to worry about it. And the game, honestly, it would have been a totally different game. Um, you're talking about a four point swing right there, yeah, you know, 100%. So, yeah, I, I, you can't, I do fault the guy because he should know he's a professional in yeah. the NFL. Yeah. But at the same time, he's already, they, these are the types of mistakes you see from rookies. Um, yeah. Just wish he had gotten in. Yep. Uh, and again, it goes back to, I, I think I need to start getting a drum out and beating it because I don't understand where Javante Williams is in these games. Why are we only seeing him eight carries? He is a beast. He should be getting the ball on every drive you know take and melvin gordon's been playing good too but javante williams looks like the real deal and i don't know why he's not getting it 20 times a game well yeah i mean so here you go javante williams eight carries 61 yards 7.6 yards per carry his long of course was the 49 yard run there that resulted in that uh spike uh delay of game penalty um so numbers tilted a little that way you know but uh still i mean you see him breaking tackles and carrying players on his back down the field yeah. uh, melvin gord nine carries 34 yards 3.8 yards his long run was only eight yards there so um yeah i i mean i think we're gonna get to the point where um you know every week this becomes more and more of a solidifier in um man Javante Williams is the number one guy you know um I I get what they're doing with splitting the reps you know you're keeping Javante fresh and you have uh, a really talented guy like Melvin Gordon out there who uh can still make things happen while Javante is getting rested Um, but I think we're getting to that point where it, it would be great to have um uh you know a mindset, a game plan where Javante is getting those 20 carries, like you're saying. Um, and look, nothing against you, Melvin, just Javante is, he's taking your job. <laughs> you know, he is the starter. He is the number one guy. Uh, Melvin, what we need from you is to go out there when Javante, de- you know, definitely needs a rest, you know? Yeah. Um, but otherwise Javante is going to get 75% of the carries hands down. I think so. I think it should be that. Give Gordon, you know, 10, 11, 12 carries a game and give give Javante 20. Like, I, I don't know. It's just the frustration builds when there's it's so um, pass heavy. We throw it 38 times. We run it 18 times. Look at the opposite side of the ball. The Steelers, they did exactly the opposite. And, yep. you know, they were beating us with the run. And that's an area that they've been struggling in. Like, where did that come from? Where Why is it? This is two weeks in a row that our defense has decided to to figure out what the other team has been struggling with and help them overcome it and right. <laughs> uh, get back on the right track. And I don't know. It's a bold strategy. It doesn't seem to be working. Um, nope. We'll see against the Raiders. What are the Raiders bad at? We can figure out what where they're going to succeed at this week. Yeah. Uh, um, sure. And that's definitely a, a discussion for um you know we already have one uh viewer comment and we'll we'll talk about that maybe briefly at the end of the show but uh that's a good lead into reminding everyone uh of the other content that you're going to hear a lot more of you know what what to look for in the broncos coming up in in the next the next week's game and whatnot uh monday night orange weekly after dark uh starts after monday night football you also got tuesday night bourbon broncos no bs our, our flag show ship 
our flagship show. Uh, there we go. I'm not drinking. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> um, 7 p.m. Mountain time. Um, that's two. That's two big mess ups I've had tonight already. Uh, we got the, the post game podcast, pre game podcast. You got the Raiders podcast. If you're in a sports betting, or if you just if you're not in a sports betting, still, I mean, Raymond is hilarious uh, and just uh, you know does a good job of breaking down what Vegas is thinking for the game, and and you kind of get a pre game feel um, a podcast from from that show as well. So. Uh, you can check out that. Uh, we also got the tailgate talk uh, about an hour before kickoff. And the Orange Weekly halftime hash starts, of course, right at halftime. So we got a ton of content for you guys. We're here for you. Uh, and you can check out all the latest Broncos news and what the fans are thinking, what the fans are talking about. And bottom line, we're here to interact with you and talk with you all when we're live and whatnot. So check those out. Make sure you tell your friends about us as well. Uh, and if you see see me or any of us at uh, any of the Broncos games, make sure you say hi, but okay. Um, let's see next uh, mistake that I kind of want to cover that. I think um, definitely <laughs> I got a list in my head um, uh, things that uh, I think had a, uh, a turning point, man, which one let's get this one out of the way. Let's get the, the fuller discussion out of the way. Um, I think Fangio said that uh, the fuller is the same player as he was in 2018. And I'm sorry. That is, just not true. Yeah. Just not true. I think uh, he had what seven interceptions in 2018. Um, yeah. He would, I mean, uh, and he got beat essentially three times in time. yesterday's game. Yeah, yeah. And this is supposed to be the best secondary, one of the best secondaries in the league. It's and the highest paid secondary. It's supposed to be the best. It's the highest paid. Yeah. It's the highest paid. They haven't showed up for the last two weeks. It'll be nice to get Darby back. I think that's going to be a big improvement. Um, I mean, it can't hurt. He was, he's a solid starter. So, God, maybe the, he's the missing piece on in that secondary for whatever reason. Uh, hopefully he plays this week. I know. I think he was close to playing this last week. Um, but this game, just in general, felt like we beat ourselves, right? I didn't feel like the Steelers was, were that great of a team against us. The Ravens, that had a different feeling to it. We were both there. Uh, the Steelers, we were finally able to kind of pick ourselves up in the third quarter, the second half of the third quarter, uh, going into the fourth quarter. So if there's any hope there, it's that they finally were getting it together. Um, and maybe that can carry over into next week. But man, there are just little mistakes here and there that that cost us really the game. You know, we lost by eight points. The, yeah, you, you talk about um, Fuller not looking like his former self. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you fix it. You know, I, you know, at some point you can't just blame the coaches and I'll, I'll get your take on that here in a little bit. Uh, you can't just blame the players. I think there's a, com a combo here. And what I've seen, you know, this has been, these are problems that have transcended years, yeah. multiple coaching staffs. You know, players coming and going, quarterbacks, <laughs> oh God, coming and going, yeah. right? And we're having the same problems over yeah. and over and over. And what I really see is happening here is is such a lack of leadership yeah. that I'm thinking that getting an owner is going to be crucial for this team. And so seeing what happens over the next offseason is going to be key, right? And uh, seeing what, what George Payton does is going to be huge and and interesting to see how he's going to evaluate this team and what moves he thinks is going to be uh, necessary. So um, 
you know, it's, it's something to definitely keep watching for. Um, but um, this is just a constant struggle for, for the Broncos, man. It is. And uh, the one thing in the past, though, we could always say is we always felt confident in Fangio's defenses. I have not felt that in the last two games. Now, again, may, uh, maybe this is just a really rough patch that we're going through and we can figure it out. It is still a young season. You know, we're five games in. We have 12 to go. So what we can see if we're going to turn it around. We got to figure it out in a hurry with, against the Raiders this week. But um, we're turning in the wrong direction. Let's just put it that way. Right. Um, definitely trying in the wrong direction. And that's where, you know, we'll, we'll break down the, the upcoming schedule a little bit here at the end of the podcast, but uh, something's gotta, something's gotta turn around. And I think some things that we've covered already, you know, the, the, how, how we come out, you know, at the start of the game is definitely a big key. We have got to find that sense of urgency that Teddy is talking about. My concern there is Teddy just isn't an urgent guy. He's laid back. Love the guy. I mean, you just hear nothing but great things about him from all the players, all the coaches, people he's around. Um, you know, he's a strong leader. But when look, he's the one saying we need a sense of urgency. Okay, captain. Yeah. You're, okay, you're the one running back. The, you're the one running the huddle. <laughs> who's who's bringing that sense of urgency? And so instead, man, if there was, I'm glad he said that. But if if I could just like say one thing to him other than. Dude, you're, I'm, you know, you're a Broncos player. That's awesome that I get to meet you. Hey, how you doing, man? Uh, <laughs> shake your hand, right? Another thing I'd be like, okay, instead of saying the problem, we need a sense of urgency. How about, hey, I'm going to bring that sense of urgency. Yeah. You know, tell me, you know, don't just tell me the problem. We all know the problem. It's good to know that you recognize it as well, but we're looking to you to fix it. This is something that you as a quarterback can definitely do. Get the team going, get that sense of urgency. Uh, and it may be mean that you have to step outside of your comfort zone a little bit because that's not necessarily the type of leader you are, but it's definitely something that somebody has to do. And I think that he is the perfect person to do it in this position. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Someone's going to have to step up for this team to be successful. Otherwise we're looking at a very, very mediocre season. Yeah. Um, but Finn, just going back to the little mistakes, and it wasn't just on offense, wasn't just on defense, it was on special teams too. Let's talk about that. That another four point swing where we had the the leverage call, which again is just sounds ridiculous. But Draymond Jones, Draymond man. Jones trying to go over the center to make a block, and you know we've seen that play be made before. Um, I know it's been an emphasis for the NFL too because they're trying to protect the center. Um, but why is a guy like Draymond Jones trying to make that play? He's not, you know, he's a defensive lineman. He's not going to, he, he doesn't exactly have the hops compared to someone like, you know, Kareem Jackson or, I don't know, Sertan. So why is that guy trying to make that type of play and now give him 50 hero, I guess. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand um, that one. And it led them from a field goal to a touchdown, which guess what? Would have totally changed the game. We could have kicked a field goal on that final drive and gone into overtime had we had those that four point difference, right? Yep. So I don't get it. <laughs> so you're talking about, you know, there's two big mistakes right there we've we've called that have been a for sure four point shift. Um the the spike in the end zone and then that leverage call. Um one other that I want to talk about is we kind of move into a coaching conversation. Um, you know, some people well, everybody is probably looking at that play uh, where Von Miller was ended up being lined up in coverage. 
Um, and looking back on it and honestly, just kind of hearing some other people talking about it, uh, the way it went down was the, the Broncos were in a base set, um, came out in zone. Uh, and when that, uh, I think, uh, who was, who was the, uh, Steelers player? Uh, it was Cooper, Claypool, I believe. Who? I think it was Claypool. Yeah. Claypool. That's the name I'm trying to think of when Claypool moved out based off, you know, the, the, the scheme that they were already the, the Broncos D was already out there in Vaughn just had to move over. Now here's where me I'm sitting here, you know, looking at this situation and, and reflecting on it the day after being a, you know, couch quarterback and couch coach and everything. Um, Fangio saw that, you know um, I mean, big Ben saw that. I mean, that was, we saw that mismatch and said, this is exactly where I'm throwing to, you know, there's, there's no way that Von Miller's gonna be able to cover that guy. You know, this is where, uh, coach Fangio should have seen, Holy crap, we're in trouble. Time out, (laughs) time out. (laughs) That's what we have them for, man. And, you know, gone back. Some people might've said, Oh, why are we wasting a timeout dude? Cause we were going to get burned on that play. Um, and we did. So it's exactly, you know, and, and, you know, you're talking about, I don't know exactly how many points. I think they got a touchdown on that drive too, but that would have at least been a field goal. Uh, so some point difference there that, you know, that definitely burned us, but uh, man, you go out there in that situation and somebody has got to recognize that on the coaching staff saying, Hey, we're in trouble right now. Yeah. This is not a good situation to be in based how big Ben's been playing. He's been good this game. Um, he's been making good reads. He's kind of been picking us apart. <laughs> he, he's looking over there. He sees it. What are we going to do? So I don't know, man. Uh, I think this is where, you know, coaching, it's like, Hey, are you guys paying attention to this stuff as well? Like what's going on? Yeah. Where's the coaching in that play? Cause that was the easiest decision. Big Ben had all game. He saw that. I think everybody saw that watching it on TV. They saw Von Miller lined up out there. Honestly, Vaughn looked over at the center at, at the middle of the defense. It looked like he was confused what was going on, like where he like he everyone just knew what was gonna happen on that play. And sure enough, uh, they went right to Claypool and Von Miller loved the guy, great pass rusher, but not known for his coverage skills, especially against a wide receiver and a pretty damn fast wide receiver in Chase mm-hmm. Claypool. So yep. I, yeah, easy points for them there. I don't know. It, it should have been I I think I recognize it. Um did you see that game? What did well, you see there? I did, did you see, see coming? I did see Von Miller out, you know. I didn't see him move out at the time. Um, but when I did see before the snap that he was out there, I said, Well, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's uh that immediately got my attention as soon as I recognized it. And so I saw, I mean, um, I saw him get open right away. I saw that pass. I mean, I you know. Um, I saw big Ben look over there, <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, so plenty of time. It's not like they were in, you know, in, um, uh, rushing the, the offense up and trying to, you know, get things moving quickly. I mean, they were taking their time, plenty of time for the coaching staff to be looking at this and yeah. somebody call a timeout because, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It was, it was uh, just another big mistake that, that definitely costs. And so even if you give, you know, give them three points, I think in total, you're looking at an 11 point difference right there um, that could have helped the Broncos, um, yeah. man. And then uh, shadow brings up a good point here too. We heard all week about the Steelers offensive line struggling um, and, and not looking good at all this season. And we had zero pressure this game nope. and we allowed a huge run game from them this week. Yep. 
Where where's the pass rush, Kevin? No, I'm so I mean last week we wouldn't have any, and that made sense last week. You know, you, you don't want to rush Jackson because once he gets out of the pocket, that's when he becomes dangerous, is when he starts running around extending plays with either his feet or you know, finding somebody open down the field. Um, so that makes sense, you know. Stay back and and basically spy on the on the QB, whatnot. Make sure you're you're playing contain. Uh this week. <laughs> That's not the case. Uh, Big Ben wants to extend plays. His instincts and everything inside him wants to extend the play, uh, but his body is just four or five steps behind him, uh, behind his mind. So, yeah, uh, there's, I don't know, you know, um, Malik Reed got the the one sack. Um, Vaughn's uh, uh, sack streak got, um, you know, broke this week. Um, Yeah. Uh, dude, I think just the run game, especially just all game long, it's like, how, how is this not being fixed or addressed? Like there's no adjustment being made. Um, you know, when you have a run game like that, um, it's going to be more and more difficult to, you know, rush the passer. And I even talked about on the halftime show of, Hey, if we want to start getting pressure on the QB, we've got to find a way to stop the run game, make them throw in those long third down situations. And we just couldn't get that. You know, we just couldn't. No, we couldn't. And then lastly, on defense, I think the the last missed opportunity that I can think of is basically we had three opportunities to intercept the ball. Um, Alexander Johnson, love the guy. He played well in, in against the run. He was the one, like the only player that did. Um, but he had two dropped interceptions that could would have been, again, game changers. Yep. Um, yep. And put us in a position to, to put more points up on the board. So it mm-hmm. often goes back to us, me personally feeling like we – we beat ourselves in this game. You know, and, and, and after we, we broke, break, uh, broke down these, I don't know, the five or six mistakes that we've covered in this podcast, um, I would agree that, you know, I didn't think about it before. But, yeah, I mean, I, that's exactly right. Um, and it's the same situation. Um, man, I think I've been saying this kind of thing every year that we've been doing Orange Weekly, which we're in our sixth year now, um, is, wow, we just keep beating ourselves. Um and so, you know, looking at some of the, the viewer comments and so for, you know, everybody, once again, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast wherever you're, you're listening to. If you check us out live near the end of the show, we'll start addressing some uh, user comments for sure. So, um, you know, appreciate everybody listening and whatnot. Um, let's go. Uh, you know, Rich brings up uh, Richie Richie. How you doing, man? Um, uh, he brings up uh, a question here going back to the Von Miller play. Um, you know, why, you know, where was the safety over the top? Why were they not in the frame sooner? I think if I remember correctly, Von Miller even made the stop, push the guy out of bounds. Like he was able to run back there, the, the 30, 40 plus yards and pushed it. He was the one that pushed him out of bounds. Um, and I could be wrong on that, but, yeah. um, you're right. And, and there was one of the touchdowns that it looked like, uh, I think it was probably Claypool again it looked like he just ran right through our secondary and our secondary was kind of more or less just standing there and watched him run to the end zone. And I know Simmons was back there and it was kind of like, Oh, like, uh, you know, we give the whatever. And so I I mean, to, to that comment and that question right there, um, I would just say, where was our secondary all game? You know, they, we kept giving up uh, some of these big plays and whatnot. Uh, Safeties needed to come down. I, I would expect them them to uh, be coming down further uh, closer to the line of scrimmage to try and help stop the run game. But we didn't really see too much of that throughout the game either. No, we didn't. We didn't. On the plus side though, they did turn around. 
in the in the third and fourth quarter. So we have the ability to play with these guys. We have the ability to uh, to get back in these games, and it, we still could have been in it at the end on that last drive and taken us into overtime. So it's there. We just need to figure out how to see it all game, right? And and there were some high points too. I was very excited to see Kendall Hidden making some yeah. big plays. I think he holds a special place in everybody's heart the way that he uh, <laughs> played last year as our our quarterback against the Saints. So uh, nice to see him making plays at wide receiver. Um, and then, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton showed up yesterday too. He finally got going in the second half and ended up yep. with 120 yards, seven catches, uh, and that huge touchdown pass. So, again, it's there. We just got to figure out how to see more of it throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's it's hard to do. Um, one, th- So two things that – you know, need to keep in mind is we didn't call any play action until the fourth quarter. Um, We also uh, no RPOs. We also didn't um, throw to Noah Fant until the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I was sure those two things right there. And we keep coming back. We keep coming out in uh, 11 in, in, you know, the 11 set. So one running back, one tight end, you know, get Salbert out there. I know that Albert O is out. Um, and I get that, you know, with, uh, with the Steelers pass rush that you want to use Noah Fant to kind of chip, chip away and, um, you know, prevent someone like TJ, TJ Watt, you know, get in the backfield, but and still throw to him, you know, it's not going to be those deep passes, but, um, get them some sort of targets, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that yeah. was just, an interesting play calling and, and some of it was Teddy, but again, you know, you got a number one uh, uh, first round draft pick mm-hmm. and you're using him to block all game Yeah, until the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking the same thing watching the game. I was like, where is fan this game? I don't understand. And then they finally start throwing to him and look what the offense started looking pretty good uh, at that point. Um, I love Hinton and Rich, you bring up a good point. He is our, our lone hall of famer in there right now. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd feel much more comfortable throwing to Fant. Um, so, yeah, again, I, I don't understand why we, we aren't throwing to our tight ends more. We kind of had the same problem last week against yep. the Ravens. Weird play selections, weird sets that we're trying to run um, and not utilizing the, the star player in, in Fant that we have. Um, mm-hmm. so. Speaking of uh, strange play calls, uh, you know, um shadow here uh, again watching the the podcast live here on youtube um yeah the fourth quarter comeback could have been epic and it almost was uh fourth down on the about two three yard line or so um when the announcer said <laughs> i wanted to punch the tv when the <laughs> announcer said the broncos are three for three on fourth downs this game and yeah. eight for eight on the season i i you know, I said out loud, and I definitely said in my head, "Well, we're screwed." <laughs> you know, <it> <laughs> thanks, <coming>. buddy. <laughs> don't say those things. I don't care <laughs> if you're an announcer. You don't say those things. Like, yes, I'm a, I'm just a little stitious. I'm not superstitious. To quote the great Michael Scott, uh, but uh, I was just like, as soon as he said that, I was like, no. And uh, really, you know, I I don't think luck came into it because. Um, you, you call a goal line fade um, and, you know, why not throw it to uh, Patrick? Why not throw it? Why, why not call up uh, Cortland Sutton? One of the, the big guys, right? 
Um, I, I just. Yeah, that was probably Teddy's worst play of the game, obviously. It was his only well, interception of the year. Right. Um, it looked like he was just going. I, I think that was sudden that he was throwing it too. And he just wasn't open at all. And, he, he, you know, we've been talking all year about Bridgewater making those reads and going to his, you know, his third read, his fourth look, whoever it is. And he, he for whatever reason, he didn't do it on that play. Broke the mold for the season, and uh, well, it cost us the game. But so, so like the Broncos to give us hope, and then just <laughs> snatch it away from us at the last. I game. even said it in the group chat. Um, I was like, "Why are they giving me hope? I know how this is going to end." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, yeah, it, it was Spencer actually. Uh, was it and Spencer? Spencer okay. is the sh- I think the shortest tight end we are not tight end wide receiver we have. Um, you know, and you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Again, you know, I'm playing. Uh, couch quarterback here you know looking at the play could um could teddy have ran that ball in for the touchdown maybe maybe not um you know why didn't we call a run play i mean you got javante williams who is you know breaking tackles left and right um man just so many like things there right now of course if that play had worked and um We, we got that touchdown in overtime. We always saying, Oh, that was a great call, right? Great job. But that's of course, we're doing the opposite now. Um, but this is calling a lot of heat onto the coaching staff. And yep. so, you know, where, where are you, where do you stand with them, man? Uh, both Fangio and uh, I think Shermer is probably the bigger one right now. Yeah. I mean, Shermer, I have not been a Shermer fan since we got him, you know, I had a lot of hope, you know, he has that head coaching experience. He's been known to be an offensive guru, if you will, but you know, he hasn't shown it. The Giants weren't great, you know, when when, when they fired the guy. Um, so I was hoping he can get back to that offensive mastery, but we just haven't seen it. And it looks like a stale offense that is easy to figure out from the defensive standpoint. Um, so <laughs> Shermer has got to be on the hot seat. And if you're going to put him on the hot seat, you're going to put Fangio on the hot seat because he kept him around for another season. Um, understanding, yeah, we, we like consistency. We want to give the players time to adjust to this offense. We started out first time last year, you know, last year was a weird season with COVID and the lack of training camp and off season, blah, 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 blah. But look, everyone is on the hot seat on that coaching staff. And so if, if we keep performing like this, Fangio's going to be gone. Shermer's going to be gone. <laughs> McMahon's definitely going to be gone. Um, so it, it, yeah. Um, I don't know. Except for Tom McMahon. Oh, yeah. He's going to be the only one staying? It does not matter. Here's here's my hot take and my my crazy prediction. It does not matter who gets fired in this offseason. If they fire the whole training staff, uh, Tom McMahon will somehow still be the Broncos special teams coordinator next year. Yeah. All right, that's a hot take for sure. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Okay, but seriously, if if Shermer goes before McMahon, are you kidding me? Like – Okay, fire both of them then at the same time. If you're going to fire people, just fire both of them because yeah. uh, the special teams is probably just as is definitely just as big of an issue, if not bigger, because it's been an you know an ongoing thing for three years that he's been the special teams coordinator. So, do you see a scenario where Shermer gets the boot before Fangio? If we and there's uh, again in the viewer comments here for those who are listening on the podcast, there's definitely been some chat uh, uh, around rumors of. Uh, Coach Fangio being fired uh, after, you know, this this next Sunday against the Raiders. Uh, I personally do not see Fangio getting fired 
uh, this season unless we go on like a five or six yeah. game losing streak. Yeah. Now, with that being said, would you know? Do we lose another one and then Shermer's gone? You know, uh, if we get our butts handed to us at home against the Raiders, who are in a very uh, interesting situation right now uh, with Gruden being gone, which is breaking news to us as of like an hour ago. For those of you listening, you're probably like, yeah, that's old news. Um, (laughs) But this is breaking news to us as of an hour ago. Um, I don't see us firing uh, Fangio unless things are just really, really, really bad. We can't win a game. But here's where you start looking at our schedule. Let's say the – oh, God, knock on wood that this doesn't happen. I'll be at the game. I'm going to have to scream extra loud for, for me saying this. Let's imagine a situation here, hypothetically, where the Broncos lose against the Raiders. Now you've dropped three games in a row. Now you got a Thursday night game on the road against the Browns, who just put up 41 points uh, against the uh, the Chargers uh, and almost beat them. Uh, and the, the Chargers looking like a legit team this year, obviously. Um, so, you know, one, we're on the road uh, going. It's not an obviously an early game, but uh, Thursday night game, we're traveling out there. That one. I honestly can't see us winning. So there's a four game losing streak. Um, man, you got your hopes on beating Washington at home um, on Halloween, but you're on the road against the Cowboys after that. Eagles, you know, could be a surprise. Chargers. I I mean, there's a situation here or there's a chance here where the Broncos just start losing and losing and losing. Um, And at that point, that's when you're definitely going to see, I think, Fangio get fired before the end of the season. Um, But uh, after this Sunday, I don't see it. And so I think that's where we're going to take it one game at a time. Um, but if the Broncos come out again, looking slow, um, you know, I, I could see it where play calling is rough, um, you know, just bad play calling. Uh, you know, you can look at the execution from, from the players on the field, but uh, if the scheme isn't there, if, if we're just getting beat on offense, you know, left and right. Yeah. Shermer could probably go a lot sooner than Fangio. Yeah, I think I feel like there's a lot of loyalty there between Fangio and, and Shermer. I think it's going to have to be blatantly obvious that that Shermer is the problem and Fad, Fangio is doing whatever he can to save his job. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I could see him writing, writing it out with Shermer, too, and uh, them just going down together with the ship. Uh, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see, I guess, on that one. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing to keep in mind is if you fire the offensive coordinator, okay, who's going to be – the interim offensive coordinator. Right. And then if you follow that up with firing your head coach later, okay, well now you have two interim coaches, man, that is like, first off, if you fire a coach mid season, you're already basically, you yeah. know, thrown in the towel for the season. Right. Like that's, you know, okay, we're, we're moving on. Um, it's that bad that we're just moving on. Um, but that would be just absolutely embarrassing to have two interim coaches. Cause we fired both of them at the same time um, or at least close to each other. So um, I, uh, you know, my prediction for what would happen is, you know, we fire Shermer before Fangio then Fangio finishes out the season. Um, if we finish below 500, uh, Fangio is definitely gone. If we're a nine and eight team, I could see that being a situation where we keep Fangio. Honestly, though, if we fire Shermer, I don't care who you put there in there as the offensive coordinator. I've not been impressed with this scheme and this game planning. 
you know, we do have other experienced coaches in, in Munchak and Shula, as Rich uh, points out here. They could, they've been in that position before uh, as offensive coordinators. So I don't know if Shula's actually ever been an offensive coordinator, but we know he can call plays, right? Right. And, and we know Munchak, being a former head coach, he can take, put him as a fire Fangio, put Munchak in as head coach, even though <laughs> our offensive line hasn't been stellar by any means this year. Do keep in mind, though, we started out last year looking real bad on the offensive line. We were like bottom low 20s um, mm-hmm. to start those first, uh, basically first half of the season. And we still ended um, top 10 in offensive line play last last year. So that can eat, that can turn around. And we know that Munchak is a great coach. So there is right. hope there that that they can turn that that part of the, the team around. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um. That you know, when you have somebody like Munchak, you call you know working with the offensive line. I have no doubt that they're going to get it together. Um, you know, you got uh, two uh, two starters that just came back from injury. You know, yeah, they didn't play well. Um, you got Garrett Bowles, who um, what got uh, wasn't uh, wasn't false start. Um, he had a false start. He had a false start. He also had a holding okay. penalty that yep. was uh, declined. That's he hasn't right, been playing line. good these last two weeks. He called himself out after the Ravens game. I'm sure he's not happy after yesterday's game either. Yeah. Um, so. Yep. So you know he didn't have a good game. Um, it, it just there were so many things, and you're right. I think at the end of the day, um, we beat ourselves. But this is, you know, I would almost say two weeks in a row that we definitely beat ourselves. Um, you know, and I kind of want to. It's, it's time to start kind of wrapping this up and 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 whatnot uh, but you know some of the closing th- thoughts i have uh revolve around you know is this a playoff team uh to me you know we were all talking and of course there's always a lot of hype before the season and at the start of the season especially when we go three and oh like we did and looking as good as we did uh even against the teams that we played right uh there's a lot of okay well this team could be the real deal you know hey we've uh, we keep losing to the teams that you know, we're, we're losing against one. We're not going to make it in the playoffs Two, We just, we're just not a playoff caliber team. No. You know, we're not seeing that kind of play, that level of play uh, in these games. It's not like, you know, okay. Yeah. We did kind of lose this one barely, but we only showed up to play in the last one third of the game, basically. Um, and there's no excuse for that. If you're going to be a playoff team, you know, you don't, you don't see Tampa Bay going out there no. and playing for a third of the game. You know, they're, they're out there, uh, killing it week in and week out. You know, these, these teams that are always, you know, AFC champion prospects and NFC champion prospects, and they're out there playing playoff level football every single week. And we're just not doing that, man. We're not, we're not, we're going to have to turn it around the last two weeks. We definitely aren't playoff caliber teams. We can, we can turn it around. I know it's there. Oh yeah. Do it. (laughs) The question is who's going to step up. Right. And be the leader this team needs. I think that's really, you know, when you look at the leadership and how we haven't had any from the top down, um, kind of knocking that way a little bit, but again, not at the same time because we don't have an owner, right. you know. Right. So where is that leadership coming from? Well, you don't have a leader at the top, then it's going to trickle down. Right. And right. that's what I think we've seen the result being the last five years. Um, this is kind of turning that same situation. Who's going to be the leader on the team? And if Teddy goes out there and just continues to kind of be himself, which is a good leader, but not trying to instill that urgency into the team, then I don't, I don't know who else would. I just don't, I don't see it on the team. Yeah. And we're going to continue to see slow starts. 
maybe they can find it in the second half like we've seen these other weeks, except against the Ravens. But it's just too, too it's a lot, but <laughs> it's just too late in the game to, to be doing that. We were in a position, I felt like we could have, we should have been in a position to win this game. We were in a position to tie the game, which was nice, but it should not have come down to that last play. We already should have been, no. you know, the, the Steelers, we, we gave a lot of points to the Steelers yesterday. We did. We took points away from ourselves uh, on the offense. We gave the Steelers points, you know, from our defensive play, which, you know, bad, you know, poor defensive mistakes and special teams mistakes. Um, yeah, it's this has been a rough one to talk about um, because <laughs> two I weeks mean, in a row, two weeks in a row. And some of it was, you know, expected last week because they're the Ravens were a team that I think a lot of people kind of expected us to lose. Like, uh, yeah, we were at home. Yeah, we were on that three game, you know, win streak and whatnot. But you know, Lamar Jackson and uh, everything that, you know, their team has been building towards and, you know, how beat up we've been is kind of like, a, yeah, well, if we lose this game, as long as it's somewhat close, that'd be okay. But, you know, yeah. um, that wasn't the case, wasn't unfortunately. The case. <laughs> um, but then you, you see it this week, and this is a game where, yeah, we should have won, you know. Um, and we just – I don't know if – I, I don't think it's that we didn't want to, but we played like we didn't want to. We played like we weren't playing. <laughs> right. But on the plus side, we got together in the fourth quarter. Maybe they can keep that kind of momentum going into this next yeah. game. It is the Raiders. I don't care. You know, it, we're, we're always playing the Raiders tough for the most part. There are those, certainly those outlier games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and vice versa, we know the Raiders are probably going to play us tough. They don't have a head coach at the moment. That's got to be uh, a plus in our, in our direction. So... This again is another winnable game by by those standards, and are they going to show up? Is is really the question? Well, here you go. I mean, you're in a situation where you go uh, three and three before going on the road against the Browns, and very likely in that situation, fall into three and four, or you're in a situation of going uh, four and two, and then still keeping a winning record uh, if the worst happens against the Browns. Uh, and I think this is, you know, last week and now even more so this week is a pivotal point in the, the season, albeit early. But you look at the, some of the teams, we still got to play the Chiefs twice. We still got to play the Chargers twice. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be, you know, road games. You got to play uh, um, Dallas on the road. That one, I wouldn't be at that game, but um, I'm probably just going to be making sure I'm I'm happy drinking my beer and <laughs> – <laughs> um, just enjoying being at a game because I don't know, <laughs> I don't want to think about how that one's going to turn out. So, look, we got a really tough schedule ahead of us, you know, and we can't keep wasting these opportunities of teams that we should beat, uh, allowing ourselves to lose in a poor fashion, you know, in winnable games. Yeah. Yep. So awesome. Well, uh, any close, any other thoughts from you, John? No, like I said, there were more. Well, there was more upside in this game than what we saw in the Ravens, right? Again, Sutton showed up. Patrick showed up finally. Um, and the running game looks awesome. We just need to see way more of it. Um, defensively is another another question. I don't know what's going on with the defense right now. But, hey, McManus still 100%. Yep. We got that going. There are, there are some shining stars on this team. And uh, Brandon McManus is definitely one of them. Definitely for sure. Them. For sure. So, Man, if he could, if we could have, you know, the whole special teams kind of, you know, players like him, um, heck, we'd have a great special teams, you know, number one overall. But that is not the case. So, 
Awesome. Well, everybody who's been watching us live, uh, appreciate it again for those listening uh, on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, thank you so much for, for listening. Make sure you check out other our, all of our other content I mentioned earlier. Again, make sure you go to DraftKings and use that promo code TPPN. Uh, $1 bet on any game will get you $100 in free bets uh, if a team scores a point. And uh, I would say that there's a 99.999% chance that they will. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, especially in this game, Broncos versus Raiders, it's going to be a, a lot of fun to talk about that, especially if, after we, you know, hear some, some more news coming out, uh, of what's going to, you know, happen in, in Oakland, who the new, uh, interim coach is going to be, um, what, you know, kind of delving into what we expect from them, but that, that team is in a chaos and on a two game, uh, losing streak themselves. Uh, I'd say if either team is looking, you know, like they're more in a tailspin, it's definitely them. So this is the Broncos chance to really turn things around and get things going point in the right direction. Uh, as they, uh, you know, not looking too far forward in the future after that, to try to get a quick road game um, win on Thursday night football against the Browns. So uh, interesting time in the season, man. Um, it's it's good to at least be, you know, having a winning record and seeing the Chiefs, you know, losing again, <laughs> bottom of the AFC like they're, they, they should be. So, yeah. Yep. Let's just, uh, let's hope that we get this thing uh, pointing in the right direction. That's all I can say. Awesome. Well, John, thanks a lot. All of our live viewers, thanks a lot for tuning in. Definitely appreciate it. Um, but with that, John, I think you know how to end it. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Take care, everyone.